So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, so welcome back to the Tom Ferry Podcast Experience, episode 100. Brenda, Tristan, Patrick, yes. thank you for my friends out there listening or watching. By the way, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, subscribe. I don't think I've asked anybody to subscribe yet, and yet we're at like 105, 106 on the top 100 whatever list of podcasts for business. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do me a favor, subscribe, let me know. Um, in honor of episode 100, I've got my brother Patrick here. Patrick, uh, first of all, thank you for driving up from San Diego. I'm in Orange County, which is kind of fun for me. Um, today, we want to talk about agents who underperform their potential, what do they need to do about it, and new agents. Based upon all the questions that I get, you know, call it 30, 40% of all the questions really fall under that category. And you and I have been bantering about it. I know you have a lot to share here. So, uh, why don't you start introduce yourself for the people that haven't met you, don't know you. Who's Patrick Ferry? Why should they care? So, yes, and thank you. And thanks for being on episode 100. And, 100, uh, baby. And subscribe and then hit the notification. And yes. by the way, I'm now obsessed with YouTube oh, yeah. podcasts. So oh, I'm watching too. all my podcasts on YouTube and I'm loving it. And so. speeding it up, yes. right? Because thank you for that little fun. Exactly, faster. Well, but if you're listening to this on slow motion, like speed it up, you can get through it much faster, get all the content, your brain works faster than you think. Yeah, no, I love it. So, so yes, so Patrick Ferry and, you know, I've been in the industry, I think 17 years kind of as a the youngest fairy of yes. all these fairies right yes. and uh, you know and I've been with Tom Ferry coaching and mm -hmm. as a coach mm -hmm. and as a speaker and just participant and, and as a as a client yep. my wife is a client uh, I think for now eight years yep. okay and then I married Carly my beautiful wife yes. in San Diego and she was a real estate agent she was a client which I was yes. not supposed to do that of course yes. right breaking the rules yeah. once again yes yes and then I got my real estate license. Uh -huh. So five years ago, I actually was an active real estate agent, but I was really part-time. So mm -hmm. I was on Kai and Carly's team selling some homes. Yep. And so, you know, in that time, I've learned a lot. And yes. so I've created a lot of compassion around what the new agents experience is. Right. Right. And I've learned a lot on how do we help those new agents in 2020 and in 2021. And that's really what that's, I'd like to help out. That's with what today. we want to talk about today. And I want to stress though, there are a lot of people that listen to me and I love you all. Some of them just underperform their potential. Mm -hmm. and, and if I go back to like, you know, yes. I've got this, I give out my cell phone number and I got all these people texting me. And, and the questions basically are, Either Tom, I'm doing 30, 60, 90, 100, 300. I had a guy say to me, I'm at like $3 million in GCI. How do I go to eight? Yeah. Right? I get that question or I get, I'm brand new. What do I do first? I'm brand new. Should I be on a team or should I go solo? I'm brand new. How do I talk to my sphere and create a story? To act? Mm -hmm. So I want to get into all those questions because I think those questions are just as relevant to the person that's underperforming their potential because they don't have a story. Yep. Right? They don't know how to call their sphere and, and deliver value and be of service. They're, they're like trying to sell them a house or trying to figure out a referral and that's kind of the wrong approach. We wanna address all of that. So if you're one of my rock star agents, you can either turn this off or you can listen and enjoy because Pat's wildly entertaining and I think I do a pretty good job and there'll be a bunch of nuggets. But if you are newer to the industry or you've underperformed your potential, buckle up and listen because I've got 
I don't know, we've got eight or nine subjects we want to cover. 100%. So let's go right to the first one. Starting a business is hard. And most people don't understand that. Most people get into real estate. It's a second, third, fourth, you know, career move. You know, you you were mature at you know, forty going into the business. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty typical experience for people. They hallucinate what the business is. There's seven million options of things they think they need to know. Where should they work? How to, how does one sort through all that and actually start selling houses? Big question. Huge question. And so, you know, you said some, some very important things, you know, in the last couple of years in your podcast, in your training, and that is identify a problem that you see in the marketplace, right? right. And then figure out how to provide the solution to that problem. Yes. And figure out how to do that in real estate. And yes. I think, I think if that's the one thing, this is where I think, you know, historically say, say it again though. Cause I don't think people like, like, Every business is basically formed with this hypothesis. Yes. I sense a problem. I think I can do it better. It's only a hypothesis. Now, can I take that out to market and test it and get a response and then start to scale it and then turn it into something that is repeatable and scalable if I truly want to have a great business? Yes. But, but most people don't do that. They go into real estate because they like houses and people yeah. or, they, or they lost a career and housing looks easy and I can make a bunch of money. Look at those commissions. Look at those guys, a million dollar listing. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, this is it's this is this is not an easy business. I, I wish no. more brokers would say, "Hey, buckle up. This is going to be the hardest year of your life. Right. You're going to have to spend more time studying and researching and learning new stuff. Yep. You're going to get more rejection you've ever gotten before. But if you do figure out how to solve problems, if you do figure out how yep. to uh, teach people how real estate is one of the most amazing assets yes. in the world, yes. and you help them to make great decisions with buying and selling and moving their family along. If you figure out how to do that, this is gonna be one of the most amazing businesses financially for you yeah. and can create extraordinary lifestyle. But buckle up, because this is gonna be really hard. Right, right. You know all the studies show that the first 90 days of any new job, so I'm looking at like, you know, Brenda and Tristan have been with me for a long time, but like remember the first 90 days you, you, you're here, you're like, different, right? Because today now we're all displaced and you know working from home, but like when you're at the office, you're like, who is the person I'm sitting next to? What is this all about? I kind of know what my job is. They've given me all these new recs. I got to learn all this stuff. Imagine that, but there is nobody telling you what to do. There's no one telling you what to do. Welcome to real estate. Here's your desk. Here's your phone. Good luck, kid. You're on your own. That, that's real estate. Yeah. Let's go specifically yeah. to the reason why most people fail. They don't attract clients. 100%. Like that's it. If you attract clients, like you're yeah. going to be fine. Why, in your opinion, do most agents that are newer underperforming not attract the right number of clients? And then what should they do to simplify it and really hone in to get good? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it boils down to the choice of the lead generation source that they're yeah. going to go yep. after. Okay. And that's a hard choice, right? So, you know, we've got so many different options today. You know, we, we don't have open houses in most states, yep. but, but it was probably one of the best options for a new agent. Get for face sure. to face with the yep. buyer. But if you tried that out and you screwed around, it wouldn't really work. You had to really yep. be all in on it. Yep. Now that's the buy side equation. There are some people who are really good on the buy side equation. So you've got open house, you've got internet leads, you've got Zillow, you've mm. got realtor.com. Mm. You've got quite a few referral sources right now. Right, right. But and you, you got your sphere where it should be yes. a little bit easier if you have a good story, right? Yes. So you got lots of options on the buy side. Yes. But I think, you know, the reality is is to be really good with the buy side, it's not just 
set people up on a safe search, have a quick conversation, and then you know, then ha- hope that they'll call you to show you a, a, to show a property, yeah, to see and house. then hope it's all going to work out. Yeah. And so to go back to your main point, which is the what is the what is the value of the service that we can offer the buyer? Yeah. How could we make it a better experience for them? How could we help them navigate the decisions in today's market? How could we help them to understand what financing is and how it works? How could we help them understand what their options are today? And I think where the new agent really struggles is, is they're trying to learn so much stuff that they actually kind of get lost in the minutia versus, yeah. hey, what is the most impactful things that I could share today with today's buyer, the people that I'm gonna meet at the open house, the people I'm gonna talk to today, on you know from the internet lead and how can I make it a better experience for them from from what I'm learning and the resources and tools that I have within my organization and I think if you slow down for a second and you just focused on how do I make it a better experience for them the buyer and use the tools and resources I have to level up the perceived value and make them have a great experience and get a win then you will win and that's okay, okay, hard to do. Hold on, but no. easy to say, right? Really? Okay. So, if you're listening right now, if you're listening, as you're listening right now, sitting down with a friend of mine recently, and I'm not going to say his name. You would all, you would all know him. Wildly successful, but in a very different industry, and a lot of controversy surrounds this guy. So I'll just leave it at that. He said to me, "What's your like secret sauce? What's your magic formula?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know, I'm a good synthesizer." Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I agree. So for my, for my friend watching right now or listening, Patrick's saying all this stuff and what's going through my mind is the agent, the agent doesn't even know, like they haven't bought an, like a new agent hasn't bought enough houses to know how horrible the experience is, to know the uncertainty that a consumer has, right? I presented an offer, why has no one responded? What is this request for this? And what is this and what do you mean? And then oh, my mortgage person's now delayed and everything, ah, right? And it's so stressful but they don't know that because they haven't done it enough or they haven't done it in a long time. Or maybe their model of it is 10 years ago, the last time they bought a house. And they don't know today's realities. The thing that I would tell you, my secret sauce has always been asking a lot of people for their opinion. So what if you went on your Facebook page just randomly and said, "Uh, you all know that I'm selling houses. I'm curious, can you share with me the biggest horror story you ever had and buying a house and then get all of your friends to tell you their horror stories. Then come back later and say, what did you dislike most about shopping for a home, negotiating for a home, writing an offer, buying a house, moving in, closing it, finding out 18 months later that you made a mistake with your request for repairs and should have gotten this, 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 this. Like, and you literally have them tell you all of the horror stories. And then now what, what do you have now? Like if you had all that information yes. from your sphere, what do you have now? You've got all the problems and you've got a great opportunity to help people and provide significant value. Right. Now, I will just one point to this, and I think mm-hmm. the for the newer agents out there or even the maybe some of the struggling underperforming agent, this is I think the value of a team. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would say about the value of a team, I joined a team, right? Yes. I joined my wife and my father-in-law. And what that gave me was an opportunity to be involved in a lot of transactions. To see it firsthand. Yes, where I got to experience it, right? So I went on a lot of showings. I I heard a lot of stories about negotiations, about what was going on. I went on a lot of listing appointments and sat there and watched what was going on and saw as what they were saying, was that working, was that not working? So I think 
after a while, after I'd been in enough scenarios, I'd yeah. been in enough houses, I've sat in enough open houses, yep. my confidence rose, but I yes. saw, I was like, this is stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid. We can make this way better and we can make it better for them. Yep. And I think they really need, you know, the value of a team where I think a lot of newer agents are undervaluing that opportunity. Yeah. That there's amazing teams and there's amazing mentors that they can literally just go shadow and be with for the next year, learn everything that you need to learn for the next year, and then earn some good money in the process, and then go kick butt for the rest of your career. Okay, so we're going to definitely talk about what we refer to as the decision here in the notes, but I'm going to drive back to the very beginning of this when we said the number one reason why people fail is either they try too many lead sources and they never go deep or they never really work towards mastering one. Yes. And so I want to, I want to share just a little insight and then I want to get your opinion on it. So I get asked this question all the time on Instagram or text or where, how do I get my first listing? Like that's a, like yeah. I, I get that a hundred times a month. How do I get my first listing? Yeah. And, and I say, look, you basically got to make a choice because it's not your first listing. It's how do I get you a hundred listings over the next like two or three years is what you're really asking, right? It's mm -hmm. like, give me a, a path of certainty to get more listings because mm -hmm. that solves a major problem and makes everybody successful, et cetera. So I say, you're going to basically make a choice. You're either going to learn why people that don't like you don't like you or why people that have listed in the past and had a bad experience are upset by everybody now calling and saying, I can do it better, AKA, survey for sale by owners and survey expired listings. Mm -hmm. and, and when I say survey, I don't mean call them and say, I'd like to come list your house as a brand new agent. I mean, you take the time to call them for 60 to 90 days as a separate project for only one reason, what you said earlier. The advantage you had being on a team is you were surrounded by people that were doing deals, that were going on showings, that were going on listing appointments, but a brand new agent doesn't have that. Nope. If they're on their own, they don't have that. So how do you get that? You get experience by calling it saying, Mr. Ferry, I saw that you're trying to sell your home on your own. I'm just curious as a agent in town, I have no intention of asking you for your listing. I would just like to ask you a few questions. So I understand kind of where you're at and what you're thinking about. Yep. Tell me like, what was the number one reason why you didn't list with a real estate agent? Yeah. Save the commission, do it myself, whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. And, and I'm assuming you've sold homes in the past. So like that would be it. Like, and, and that's a totally lame example. I'd ask like 10 better questions, but like, yeah, but the, the point is like, you're yeah. calling them to like the better one is expires. Hi, ring, ring, ring. Hi, Mr. Ferry. This is something that I'm doing a survey of people that tried to sell and it didn't work out. And I'm curious, would you answer just three questions for me? Number one, what was the number one expectation you had of the agent and where did they potentially fail you? Yeah. 100%. Right. And then you take all that data, and I think of like the number of new agents that I've given this project to, mm -hmm. and they've gone out and executed, and they only needed to do it with like eight or 10 people before they realized sellers that had an expectation that was unmet were dissatisfied in these three categories. And then people that tried to sell for sale by owner did it because they're just straight up a DIYer, you know, there's just mm -hmm. that percentage, mm -hmm. or they had a really bad experience with an agent in the past and said to themselves, I can, I can do this with today's modern technology, blah, 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 even though mm -hmm. we know numbers are very small that actually do. But once they have that, they have a story. Yes. Right now, when you're on the soccer field and your friend's like, hey, how's it going in real estate? You're like, you know, I just surveyed like 55 people that tried to sell and it, they didn't sell. Can you believe that? In this market, they didn't sell. And the interesting thing was I discovered there was basically three reasons why they were dissatisfied and it didn't work out. And then you just look away. And what's your friend gonna do? Yeah. Well, yeah. What are the three things? So I tell people like, if you take that path, you can learn those experiences and you can create a story versus the other path, which is you just call your sphere, 
right? And it is a slower road to China. You with me? Mm -hmm. This makes you very mature very quickly. This puts you basically up against Zillow, Open Door, every experienced agent in town. You're not the only person they know with a real estate license. This gives you some depth. Mm -hmm. This is very slow. Thoughts or opinions? Yeah, no, I love the example of the FISBO and expired. It's a, that's 100% a accurate because the for sale by owner thinks that they can do it on their own. So mm -hmm. when you really look at what they do, how they're mm -hmm. doing it, how they're approaching it, how yeah. they're pricing it, and you do follow the, the listing over the course of the next 90 days right. and, and continue to talk to them, you'll hear everything that they're experiencing yep. and you'll realize that they actually don't know what they're doing. Right. And you'll hear some horror stories along the way. Of course. I just literally got another email from a FISBO I went on two years ago. Yeah. And he still has not sold, and he's been trying nonstop. Mm -hmm. The hottest market in San Diego, it's a slam dunk in condo. 30 years, yeah. And he still can't figure out how to sell his condo by himself. Yeah. He tried Rex, he's tried flat yeah. fees, he's yeah. tried, yeah. like, but and that's the thing though, is when I watch that and observe that, I realize all of the mistakes that he's making in the process. Yep. And I realize, and it validates all of the things that I've learned yep. about what works and why it works. And yep. that's really important. Yeah. Same thing with the expireds is you really yep. get a sense of, okay, what were the mistakes? And that gives you a ton of confidence, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I'm gonna do it different direction. If you haven't read NAR's recent report on home buyers, home sellers, that report, and then Zillow's report on experiences home buyers and sellers are having, and yes, both of them clearly are trying to paint a narrative Right, like Zillow's trying to say, you should go iBuyer because you know blah 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 blah. And AR is obviously saying agents should be better and the experience matters. But at the end of the day, as a brand new agent, by learning that insight, that data, those data points, you really get a sense of like this is what buyers think, and this is what sellers think. These are the problems. How can I solve them in in any way, let alone a unique way? And if you do that, you have a competitive edge because here's the thing: like, there's like 10 million agents around the world. And there'll be like, I don't know, 40 or 50,000 that'll listen to this. That's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. You with me? And there's a lot of other good agents out there that have figured this out. But I would argue that the vast majority of agents don't come from the standpoint of the consumer has a problem. They're having a horrible experience. How do I make it better? So by you doing this, you're leapfrogging the competition into a level of better success, more reliable success, more consistent success. Let me give one very specific example of this, which yeah. was, which is, is very recent. One of my new coaching clients, 24 yeah. years old in yeah. Austin, Texas, graduated yeah. from UT. Yeah. And he was really obsessed with, um, with real estate investing. Yeah. Uh, shout yes. out to Andreas Bustamante. Yes. Okay. And he's super into real estate investing. But yeah. when I got him, he was calling the Fizzbos and Expireds. He was yeah, in yeah. the hustle. Yeah, yeah. And I said, look, yeah. man. Trying to find listings. Yep. And he was telling me the story about how he wants to help these college students create kind of get their first home, right. kind of house hacking, yes. maybe talk to the parents to get them to start thinking real estate investing. Yeah. So he, he had this vision of this, yep. a problem that he wanted to solve. And he, and I was like, look, you got to do it. You got to buy one and let's, you need to do your house hacking yep. strategy. He did it. So he buy, buys the house, rents out the other rooms. Mm -hmm. He's living for free. And yeah. I said, listen, you need to post this on Instagram and you need to write out the numbers. This is exactly how this worked. Yep. Boom, 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 boom. Hashtag share with your parents. So it, <laughs> right within one week, four appointments, a yeah. couple buddies said, hey man, we wanna buy a fourplex. We right. wanna do what you did. We yep. wanna buy it over here. Yep. Puts the fourplex under contract. Then I said, 
do the post exactly again. Tell the number of the story yep. and just write it out in the post. Boom, fast forward six months. He has 13 in escrow yeah. right now. Yes. And it's because he found that there's the solution. He found, to, he found a problem and solved it. Exactly. He found a problem and he solved it. Am, am I? 100%. That's exactly why I bring that yeah. up. Right. And it's a, an amazing solution. So that to me is a great example. So let's stop for a second really fast. First of all, it's a killer example. Um, this is what happens when your older brother, little brother, you just like rudely just cut him off and just, but I, <laughs> you know, he knows I love him. He's mean to me all the time. Just, just saying, no, I'm playing. Um, stop right now and make up a list and ask yourself, what are all the problems that a buyer faces? Yes. Right. Uh, is it easy to find a house? No. Is it easy to find a great agent that can negotiate on your behalf? Nope. Is it easy to write an offer that gets accepted? Nope. Is it easy to get financing? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is it easy to get the best rates and points and no. financing vehicle? No, do agree. I mean, no. if you just go no. to one person yeah. and you, you know, like, so, so the point is if you started making up that list, is it easy to only look at homes online? Is it easy to buy a home during a pandemic? Is it easy to buy in a lightning hot market? Is it easy to buy if you're in a super luxury market and there's lots of inventory? The point is if you start listing out all the problems and then you say to yourself, okay, What's the obvious way that I can solve this? That is good for the client, right? That does good, that is good, mm -hmm. and could be re like replicated time and time again before I even say what's a unique way to do it. Like, like the case in point of like, right now we have an inventory crisis in almost every major marketplace that we're talking to people. Like literally every single one of them. And yet inventory is an issue and how many agents that are new know to write a magic buyer letter? Yeah. know how to use their buyer as a way to generate listings. You with me on this? So what are your thoughts on that? Making up a list of all the problems and attacking it. Should they attack all of them? Should they attack one of them? Should they narrow in like your client and just do one thing and nail it? How do you know if it's the right thing? Uh, just no, that list was, was perfect. That's exactly what they need to do. I've asked two coaching clients this week. I said, Hey, how do you, you know, if I was your perfect buyer client, what do you do for me? And yeah. both of them were kind of the same response. Well, I'd, I'd have a phone conversation with you and I'd set you up on a search and then you'd call me when you want to see a property. And I'm like, that's it? Like, that's all we're <laughs> going to do? That's the experience? Right? Like, and so that, you know, but like, not that they were bad. No. But then I was like, okay, one of them is working on some new construction. I'm like, so how many new construction uh, are there in your area? Oh, well, there's like 10. Yeah. Okay. So could you offer a consultation and said, hey, why don't I, why don't you come in? I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to, I'm going to put it, put up on my computer screen, all 10 of the websites of each one of those uh, things. I'm going to put Google maps up and then I'm going to put my MLS up, come in and let's just review all 10 of those projects. Let's yep. talk about the pros and cons of each one. Let's talk. Has in anyone areas taken of the time to show Has you? Has anyone taken the time? <laughs> yes. But see, and then as soon as I said that to her, she was like, Oh my God, that would be awesome. Right. And I was like, exactly. That's where you become the advisor, you become the consultant, Valuable. you're adding value because normally that's just, well, we'll just go drive, let's go look at them. Yep. Well, that's two, three, four, five hours yeah. of wasted time where really you could have spent 30 minutes and solved, you would have eliminated five of the projects, you would have narrowed down the top mm -hmm. two, and then you would, could have contrasted those new construction versus the resale at the price point, and they would have been like, thank you so much. Yes. Yes. And that would have taken 45 minutes to an hour. It would have saved all of us, you know, tons of hours in the car and you would have closed the deal. Yeah. You would have had a loyal client 
it solves the problem. But I think it, when you wrote that list, like that's exactly what it takes. Yeah. And then, you know, the, let's just, let's be honest, the off market opportunity in 2021 yeah. is going to be one of the best Bonkers. opportunities that exist in the marketplace. And, and I watch your windows that there are regulations around this and companies have stayed compliant by creating their own in-house versions of it. Like just, for those of you out there that are watching that are like, but wait a minute, I thought, you know, like we all understand the rules, be compliant with the rules. Let's be two, let's create two simple things. Yeah. I wrote an offer on a property in a neighborhood yeah. and I, my offer doesn't get accepted. Yeah. So therefore as an agent, I could just go sit back on the couch and drink another glass of wine, or I could do two things. Number one, I could call any of my friends, family, anyone that I know that lives in that zip code in yeah. that area and say, Hey, I've got this amazing family. I should introduce you. Let's have, let's have a beer, come over and let yeah. meet them because they're going to move into your area. Mm -hmm. I was trying, I showed that property, wrote an offer in your neighborhood. Do you know any of your friends, neighbors that have any consideration yeah. of selling? Cause I'm going the extra mile for my client. Yeah. And it's a sad story that they wrote an offer and it didn't get accepted. Yep. So where's that? Happening? I agree. And then number two is, well, we can go back to all the expired cancel withdrawn over the last five years, you could call the agent who listed and say, Hey, by the way, right. You could look up any of the four rents in, in the MLS there's for rents on Zillow. There's for yep. rents. Yep. You can write a letter to the owner. You can call the owner yep. and you could say, Hey, my buyer wrote the thing. Are you guys thinking about selling markets on fire? What do you think? Yep. Okay. Then hand the dress, hand stamped, then magic the, buyer then the, letter. The letter, the letter yeah. I think in yeah. 2021, the letter of I wrote, my client wrote an offer on your neighbor's house, house. Yep. is going to get the best response. Yeah. And I think it's going to be most amazing response. Hand address, hand stamped, non-branded, can't have, can't speak real estate, can't look real estate because then it's just a marketing solicitation. But if it actually says, I'm representing the Smiths, they wrote an offer on 1234 Banana Street. I'm sure you heard there were six offers on that property. Tragically, they didn't get it. They desperately want to be in your neighborhood. Dot, 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 dot. It works. Right? But you got to do it at scale. You yeah. got to send it to like a hundred. Well, right? we, not so to two. We did, you know, Carly did the exact same. Mm -hmm. The letter was very clear. Picture of the buyers. Mm -hmm. They love, you mm -hmm. know, it was Channel Lions. They loved it. We did 80 homes, yeah. four phone calls. Yeah. So when it's real, yes, it works. It doesn't. It doesn't are need you, to be at three hundred. Are you implying that agents might be sending yeah, non-real? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So <laughs> I know what you mean. I was talking to a seller. Real when it's a family photo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you have permission to send that. To be, so if, be if any of you guys have gone on enough listing appointments, you all know that the that the seller's like, well, there's been many people that said that they had a buyer. Yeah. So that narrative is already in the mind of the sellers right yes. now. Yes. So we need to level up that story and, and kind of take it to the next level. Now, I will tell you another thing. Yeah, and I'll, the other thing too is I think the kind of the just listed, just sold, talking to the neighbors yep. about the listing through the through the journey of, hey, there was five offers, there's three other buyers yep. right now. I think that's gonna be a huge opportunity in 2021. We gotta pull up the old letter from my client in Dallas, and I'm so sorry, Cody Longmire. God, I got a yeah. memory for this stuff. Cody's letter was, uh, it happened again, right? Like something like that, the yeah. headline, and it literally said, uh, one, two, three, four, Banana Street, sold in 48 hours, had 16 offers, had 7,000 views, had da-da-da, da-da-da, had 127 people through the property. Yeah. And guess what? 
you have a new neighbor, they're really excited, but 128 people are crying in their soup because they desperately want to live in Irvine Terrace or whatever the neighborhood yes. was. And then he's like, I'm sitting on 127 people that are ready to go right now. If you've had any thought, like, like that was the letter and he killed it. He killed Like that's in the Tom Ferry archive someplace. Yeah. Cause that, cause that's an early 2010 yikes letter. I, I just pulled out there. You I know remember. what I'm talking about? I remember. So go deeper with the data. And also go talk to the neighbors, right? right? I think the right. just listed, just sold, you know, phone calls are going to kill it. Yep. Yep. And it may be that you do it at the beginning. There might be three different touches, uh -huh. right? I've been telling my coaching guys, look, you have 60 days to communicate with the neighborhood between we got the listing signed to on the market, to mm -hmm. under contract, yep. to the escrow process, yep. to close. You got 60 days. You can't tell me that you can't go find another listing within 60 days within that community. You're going to be in and out of that neighborhood five, 10 times over the right. 60 days. Right. Come on. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm going to circle this back around because yeah, yeah. we, you know, we're, I feel like we might be getting a little advanced. So, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying advanced like a bad thing. Like hopefully we're giving you a future that you can live into. I want to go back to, I'm a brand new agent and you know what? All this sounds great, but I don't know what the problems are. And, and I just, I'm in my head and I think all I need is just like, a boost of confidence, yes. a, a reason to call you with me, like a reason to call my sphere. Um, what advice do you have around just framing a story of why I got into real estate? You, you with me on this? Let's just go there. Cause this is just yeah. like every, uh, every veteran agent needs this. Yes. Every agent, when they switch companies, this is what they need. Yes. hundred percent. So and you, and you nailed it. It's the story. So why did you get into real estate? So when you're, when you got when you get into real estate and you, you're out socially, you're talking, you're mm -hmm. at the, you know, you're talking to your friends, you're talking to your family and you you're on zoom hangouts, having a glass yeah, of wine, you, you know, whatever yeah, it is. I yeah. think you have yep. to tell a story, but the story has to have, it's basically PR, right? You've got to actually have some really important insights in there that say, this is why I'm doing this. And it's got to be better than like, oh, I really like houses and yeah. I want to give it a shot. I want to help my friends. Yeah. You know, no, it's got to be yeah. something interesting. So I, and I've done, I did like an interview just the other day and one of the young guys, very successful in very, he said, look, I bought a house with my cousin and he's exactly that. He said, I bought a house with my cousin and I was like, man, she made all that money and she barely did anything. I know I could have done a better job with yeah. that. That was what he just said to me. Now he didn't curate that story, no. but like, I know for me, I had to curate my story. But I would argue that that story is probably not enough to have a consumer go, oh, so now you're gonna not do a lot and make a lot of money, but like, but I know yes. what you're saying. Yes. Like it's, so okay, that's the start of it. Okay, think that's about this. Start. Like if you wrote down, all everyone listening right now, if you just wrote down like, why did I really get into this business? And you focus on the problem that you identified, right? Now, whether that was the actual reason or not, sink your teeth into saying to friends, well, you know, I lost my job. So I thought I'd go sell some houses because the commissions are big yeah. versus, you know, I was talking with like five of my friends and I was sorting through like, what would be the optimal thing for me to do? And, and you know me, I'm a problem solver. That's what I've done my entire life. And I asked them, well, what was the experience like buying a house and the horror stories that they posted on my Facebook page. And you know what I did, Patrick, it cemented for me that there is a place for a problem solver who is really client centric, who cares passionately about people, but is ruthless at solving the problem and taking care of my people. 
So real estate became a no-brainer for me. I'm just, I'm just pulling that out of my ass. But you with me? But like something, because otherwise, yes. like when they leave and they go, why is Patrick selling houses? Well, you know, he got fired and he wants to make money. Yeah. Versus, you know, Pat was always a problem solver. Yeah. And now he's, now he's solving problems. Like, you know, it's something, right? Yeah. And I think that's where the, you know, I think a majority of the newer agents have a struggle talking yeah. to their sphere is because yeah. they actually have not connected with why they're doing this, yeah. you know, how they want to help people. You know, and I and now it's a benefit to the client, yes. not to and, you. Yes. And I would say, yeah. you know, really, if real estate as an asset class is amazing. Yep. This is one of the most incredible asset classes, yep. right? And I will venture to say, and I'd love your correction on this, this whole concept of find your dream home is a bunch of BS. Mm -hmm. It's not about a dream. I'm on my fourth home. Still yeah. not my dream home, yeah. but it is about really improving the quality of my lifestyle and helping me to achieve kind of what my family goals are, what my life goals are. Mm -hmm. It's really about those kind of personal goals and lifestyle qualities yep. that people want. Yep. So if you're, when you're having a conversation with your friend, when we're talking about real estate, we're talking about schools, we're talking about proximity to the beach, we're talking about, yep. you yeah. know, two story, we're talking about the lifestyle, garden that you second, second home office, we're, whatever it may yes, be. Yes. It's all these lifestyle qualities. Yes. And so it's really about helping people to find that next property that improves the quality of their life. Yeah. That's interesting to me. And I love to have that conversation with people. So what I love about that is on one hand, you could say, here's the problem. On the other side, it's the, the opportunity. Yes. Now you and I both know most, more people are influenced by the pain than they are by the pleasure, but having both. So maybe today you need to write down everybody, what's the problem you solve? And then what's the opportunity that you provide? Like, and what do you do? Like, I'm just shocked by how many people like, Patrick, do you know anybody that's like living in the same house they've lived in for like 15 years? Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you, you know, do you know that if you bought a home 15 years ago, anywhere in the world, the value went from X to three X and, and they're, what they're doing is they're sitting on all this equity. Christine, remember Christina Martinez, remember my client a million mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. So Christina, big shout out to you if you're listening or anybody on your team, like she's, she's gotta be like, I haven't talked to her in a while. Like she's gotta be retired. She was, she was done a long time ago. Christina said to me one day, I figured it out, coach. I said, what's that? She says, I'm not looking for motivated people. I was like, tell me more. She goes, yes, everyone else is searching for people that are motivated to buy and sell right now. There just isn't enough of them. I'm just looking for people with equity in their house that would like to retire one day. I go, yeah, tell me more about that. And here's what she did. Her whole model was, you have your home, you've been in it for 15 years, you've got this much in equity, you're sitting on money that isn't being activated. Mm -hmm. If we go buy you a new construction house, it's going to get greater appreciation with a piece of that equity and let's go buy you a duplex. Yeah. And, and that led to sort of the coup de grace of our coaching relationship, which she was doing seminars for 200, 300, 400 people at a time, teaching this to people that are sitting on equity that then raced back to the back of the room to schedule an appointment to figure out how they could buy a new construction house so they would get more appreciation, buy duplex, triplex, fourplex, et cetera, and create a fortune. All day long. Right? So that ambition side, asset class, right? Mm -hmm. And lifestyle. Yeah. But, but do you think do you think it all comes down to what resonates for the individual listening? Yes. Because you resonate with all that. Yeah, but let's but let's touch that thing for one more second, mm -hmm. which is the second thing that I notice is real estate is an investment and it can build long-term wealth. So yeah. if, if we're not talking about that, if yeah. that's not part of our conversation of, Hey Tom, is this a short-term, you know, purchase or what's your long-term real estate goals? Yeah. You know, do you or any of your family members are, are they investing in real estate? Do you have any aspirations yeah. of investing in real estate? Why aren't we asking all of our friends this is question? This, is this your first house or is this your last house? Yeah. Or, like, 
or yeah. you know you're talking to the parents you know you know what percentage of your retirement is in real estate yeah. and have you ever had any aspirations to have real estate a part of your retirement yeah. and tell me a little bit about what your experience is with that what you know what you don't yeah. and I would love to be able to go out and see if I can find you a couple opportunities because everybody's interested in that okay can a so brand new a agent ask those questions they can 100 percent but they but they got to do you know like and let's just go one of the main yeah. points that we yeah. talked about is you know my new agents if you're not spending two hours a day studying researching learning how to understand real estate real estate asset class sales marketing you know training fin you're, just, hey, you're not even fi really in the finance game. mortgages yes yep. two hours a day minimum standard yeah. I was asking one of my clients today, I was like, so how, much how much time are you spending in learning new content? Oh, well, maybe about 15 minutes. And he was wondering why he's in a slump. Yeah, he's wondering why he's stale. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. give me a break. How much time do you think you, uh, you commit I'm, to I'm at learning least, new? I'm at least probably like two and a half hours at 1.75 times the speed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm at like 90 minutes and that doesn't include reading. That's just like listening to, you know, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, trying to get informed, TED Talks here and there, other podcasts, like just trying to suck in enough information, right? And then reading. You yeah. got to you got to put reading on top of that cuz you got to read all the email news, you got to read Housing Wire, you got to know what's going on with KCM, you got to I mean like you got to read the Wall Street Journal. You have to understand what's going on in the world or you can't talk to people. No. Exactly. Okay, confidence builder by the way. Big time. Confidence builder. Big time. And I think, uh, you know, uh, shoot, what was one of the points that you, you had on there? Um, I think it's, yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. It's a confidence builder. Yeah. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Okay, so let's let's go to how does a new or underperforming rock star to be who really wants to kill it, how do they leverage their company's resources and all the players? Yeah, big mistake that I made, which was I didn't create a good relationship with the broker. Right. The real, the legal counsel. Yeah, yeah. Who was broker of record. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was only until I got in trouble did I realize how amazing he was. And, I, and then I also did. Are you going to tell us the story of how you got no, in trouble? Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and I also didn't take advantage of. Some, Somebody needs to Google if Patrick Ferry was ever arrested for anything yeah, real estate related no, in San just, Diego. You know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A, it was a mistake on, on, a, yeah, on a for it, sale yes. by owner listing that I took. I made a mistake in the MLS. I thought I solved it and I didn't do it the right way. Yeah. Me, and, and the reason if I would have had a better relationship, A, with the transaction coordinator in the yeah. office, she would have helped me. Yeah. If I would have had a better if I would have called my broker and said, hey, here's what happened. I want to make sure that I did this right and, and went all the way. Yeah. If I would have had that better relationship, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And so that is, if I would have gone and actually, instead of avoiding the loan officers in, in the company, yeah. went and interviewed all of them and, yeah. and figure out everything they had to share, go talk to the title rep and yeah. learn about title and understand title. Go talk to the escrow company, take them to lunch and figure out really what the escrow process is. What are the mistakes? What are all the things? 
go interview all of the players inside of the organization yep. and make them a part of your team so that you can have the confidence to go out and put transactions together. But Patrick, and they be won't safe. they won't talk to me. They're all too busy. No, that's not it's no. Yeah. That's not how this girls. They want to talk to you. Yes. And they would love Espe to give you attention. They want to share what their wisdom is. They want to yes. share their insights, right? Yes. They want you to win because no one needs another knucklehead. No, exactly. No. Exactly. So I think that, you know, really is a huge lesson that I I made that mistake. So and that gets was to know very the, costly. Yeah. Get to know the players. Ask a lot of questions. How do they how do they tap in like what was the number one question we had for like 10 straight years? What CRM should I use? And my answer was the one your broker provides you for free. Totally. Like that's the one you should use because CRM asking me that is like, what car should you drive? Right. I don't know. What car do you like? There's eight million of them. Same thing with CRMs. But if all else fails, go with the free one. Go with the one that's already in your tech fee. Yeah. So are you talking about that or are you talking about something else when you say resources? Um, let's talk CRM for two seconds, but yes, yeah. resources, but yeah. like really this, I would say the leaders who are experts in each of the, the disciplines of real estate yeah. between escrow title, mortgage, the broker, the, whoever runs the contracts, yeah. whoever really the make friends with everybody. Even if yeah. you're not making friends with someone, everybody in the organization, that's a major mistake. Yeah. I, I am now buddies with all of them yeah. and I call them all and they answer my phone call because I have asked them a lot of great questions. I praise them and appreciate what they do and how they do it. Yep. Okay, that's number one. Number two, but on the resources thing, let's just talk CRM for two seconds. Yep. New agents, if you have not gone through your entire phone and you haven't said, do they own a home? Are they renting? Mm -hmm. And you haven't made a, and, and put a tag or a label, yep. own a home or renting. In, in San Diego, I was like, do they live in San Diego? Do they know me? Are they my sphere of influence, yep. sphere of influence? Right. You just need to go through your phone and just make a decision. Now, if I go talk to the lender and the lender says, oh, my gosh. Right. Ruby was telling me she got two point five percent interest rate yep, on nice. a property. Yep. Right. The first thing in my mind was like, that is unbelievable. I should go call, text, email, do a social post with and try and reach everybody that is interested in buying and go 2.5% is available right now. This is the best I've ever seen. If you have, if you don't understand what that means, let's talk. Yep. If you know what it means and you want to get in the game, let's call talk. Me, right. <laughs> and yep. so I feel like there's a, you know, just look at your phone. Yeah. Right. And so, I, so I love the key distinction, go through your entire phone. Yeah. And I think it's just like, it just says Patrick Ferry. Oh, owner. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Ferry R renter, right? As right. an example. Exactly. So every time you're talking to any one of your friends or texting with anybody inside your sphere, you're like, he's a renter. She's a renter. How am I going to help that person? hundred percent. Right. So I love, that's a great, simple distinction. It's so easy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's go to the framework. Yeah. Framework. This is okay. This is key. So for, for my friends that are listening, I know we keep, we're, we're, he and I get excited and we start talking about like 57,000 things and then we have to like tone it back down and just go, okay, listen, we understand where you're at. We want to help you. You're listening. We love you. Now you ready? Most people fail because they don't understand marketing and lead generation and, and you are about to get, I would argue, one of the best frameworks I've heard for the tactics behind being successful before you actually say open houses are a good idea or Zillow is a good idea or any lead source is a good idea because there's a framework for what you need to understand to be effective for that client class, if you will, that, mm -hmm. that segment of the market. So describe the framework, give them the story and let's educate them. Yeah. So 
The backstory, very simple, is I was working with a ton of agents, brand new to the best in the world, mm -hmm. and they were making calls. And I saw all the right, I saw a bunch of different mindsets. Yeah. I saw the good, the bad mindset. You're talking about you ran a prospecting camp yes. where people would pay and show up for two days yes. and make phone calls, and Patrick would just walk around and split in and listen to both sides of the conversation and then give them coaching. 100%. And the typical person would set how many appointments in a one or two day experience? Well, in the beginning, I was it was not good. Only the good ones set appointments. Yeah. But once I learned how to get this done, everybody set on average four appointments, whether or not they're brand new. Yeah. And then the good ones would be at like 10 appointments yeah. within two days. Yeah. Because of the framework. So for context, setting four to six appointments in two days as a brand new agent, is Game changer. life changing. Game it's like, cause you realize, OMG, I can do this for the rest of my life now. Cause I've got the framework. So we built it up. They understand it. They get the context. And how many of those schools did you run? Just like, probably, I don't know. I ran like three a month and I probably had like 5,000 agents over yeah. those years. So decent case study. And I, yeah. And I basically, you know, I think between me and them, we probably set 10,000 appointments. Yeah. Easy, yeah. easy. Yeah. So, so let's take, um, let's take just list just sold as mm -hmm. a case study, yeah. as an example, right? So here's what I learned. Number one is agents. You got to look at when I say, Hey, you should talk to the neighbors of the listing. One thing happened, mm -hmm. right, is I'd see the agent would have these kind of negative thoughts, hesitation, and resistance. Yep. So I was like, wait a minute. Well, what's going on in your head yeah. about this? Yep. And they would inevitably say, well, I don't think that the neighbors would want to talk to me. No one really cares. They're going to think I'm a salesperson. So there's all this. This is preconceived negative going on in your head. That doesn't, you got to, we got to clear that out. So then I'd say, all right, well, let's talk about what, the actual value of the service that you're offering. How could you help them? And let's, so right now in 2021, if you're talking to the neighbor, we're sharing the best news that's ever happened. Congratulations, the value your home of just went home up by. Way up. Yep, yep. And so actually the neighbors are really very interested in yep. what that property was listed for versus what it sold for. Yep. So that's actually the real truth. And so we'd had to get them away from the negativity and get yep. them into the psychology of the homeowner yep. and what the real value was. Now there's a second part to that, which is the right person is actually going to appreciate this conversation. Mm -hmm. The motivated, interested seller mm -hmm. wants to know this. So the motivated, interested research phase seller. Yes, yeah. they want to know yeah. this. So you got to understand, I've seen a lot of this big mistake where we optimize our script for the wrong client, mm -hmm. not the ideal client. So say that again, we optimize our script for the jerk. Yeah. Well, they don't want to talk to me. And yeah, so yeah. we like get to the point with them or we're really yeah. short and we're like, oh, that's the information. Work. Hang up. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. You know, optimize your script for the ideal client. The ideal client absolutely yeah. wants to know what it was listed for. Yeah. They absolutely want to know what it sold for. They absolutely want to know how many offers it got and what happened. So when you deliver that, there's yeah. actually great value in that. And as the local expert, and this is what I would do to the agent, I'd say, look, no one knows this neighborhood, this market 
better than you at this moment in time. Yeah. You understand the buyer demand, you understand the value, you've just spent the last couple of months studying the, the comps, so no one knows this better than you right now, so you are the absolute perfect person. You're the alpha. To have a conversation with the yep. neighbors, and isn't it really your obligation to be available to have a conversation with the neighbors about values and prices and what's going on with the market? So what did, what did I do to their mindset? Yeah. Well, you, they, were, they were going A, you said, how about B? You changed their mindset and give them a different perspective. You, yes. It's the ARCA perspective. So you said a lot there and I was writing down. So it's, what's the value of the service that you're really providing? What's the psychology of the prospect? What do they want to know? What, how are they feeling? Yes. Forget how you're feeling. Yes. Do people want to know if they just made money without doing anything? I would argue the answer is yes. yes. Right? Uh, and then motivated research phase sellers want to know this information and they will stay on the phone with you longer. 100%. So, so the first part of the framework is getting your mindset to get aligned with the best possible prospect in that community that you're calling, marketing, emailing, yada, yada. Yep. What's, this, what's the second part of the framework? Second part of the framework is, and you, you nailed it with the research, understand the customer's journey. Yep. Where are they going to be at? And based upon where they're at, what do they want? What would be valuable to them? So if I'm a neighbor and I'm considering putting my home on the market in 90 days, you saying, hey, here's what's going on with the market. Do you have any questions about prices in the neighborhood or mm -hmm. what's going on the market? Yep. Most likely they're gonna ask you more questions about value. Yep. So what can you now offer them? Hey, would you like me to share, do a little light comp for you? Would you like me to keep you up to date on what happened with the sale if, you, if it hasn't closed yet, which is mm -hmm. great, right? And most of the time they're a yes. Yeah. Hey, you know, we, we got four offers and we're over list price. Would you like me to follow up with you to let you know what it sells for? They're like, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Because the motivated side wants that. Yeah. So then now, if they're 90 days out, what do they want to know? They want to know things like, hey, what, what are two or three things that I can do now and between now and on the market that I can either improve the, you know, prove the value of my home, right? Right. Is there anything that I need to fix, change or improve? You know, so you want to, you want to offer some of those things or at least meet them where they're at. Okay. So let's, let's keep moving from there and let's jump into skills. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair. So your mindset, their mindset and the value of your service now skills. So in the skills conversation, this is where, okay, if I'm talking to neighbors of my listing, should you be Patrick Ferry from Keller Williams Realty? No, I'm, a, I'm the local agent of the property that, you know, just right down the street, you know, Banana Street, right around the corner. If you can demonstrate a, a, that you're the local agent, there's something about the resistance goes down. Yeah. So I realized- Do you actually say that or is it just 100%. like, hey, Patrick Ferry, local agent, just sold the house down the street. Over on, yeah, over on But Jones. also your tone was very different. Yeah, was so- that, Was that a, like, but let's, you flared up, was that intentionally to show them, please don't be like, hello there, I'm yeah, yeah. calling today. Yeah. Yes. I think, yeah. so, so the subtle skill for this is demonstrating that you are the local, the yeah. local realtor. Yeah. And, Everybody is okay with the local realtor. They just don't want the AT&T, you know, phone call from, you know, the Philippines. Yeah. But when you're the local realtor, that's an important skill set. Okay. The second skill set in the intro of this call is to actually tell them what happened mm -hmm. and to let them know clearly, don't rush and be proud of what happened. Mm -hmm. And I found that if you have kind of pride in what you're saying to them and you are, you feel good about what you're sharing, they'll listen. 
But if you're like nervous and you're like hurrying and you're, you know, uh, uh, first of all, it's just not attractive. So, but so, that's a skill. That's yeah, not. That's, so that needs to be developed. Yeah. That so there's a skill for this uh, source that needs to be, just like you said with the expired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't build rapport with the the expired, you ain't gonna get it. Past client sphere. It's like dating. Yeah, yeah. It's right. Dating. Anybody out there that's dated before knows what I'm talking about. Right. It's been a long time for me. I'm married 27 years, 29 years with my wife. Okay. Demonstrating the local realtor is one thing. The second thing that you mentioned is you got to get to the point fast. And I think what people struggle with is they don't know how to get to the point in a way that is enticing or interesting that causes somebody to go, huh? Tell yeah. me that. Like the key, like, it's the, it's the, the number one, the first question you asked yeah. has to be very well crafted. Right. It has to be very conversational yeah. Yeah. and your ideal customer would want to discuss that. Yeah. And you have to set yourself up with that question confidently. So yeah. in this case it is, Hey, do you have any questions about values in the neighborhood or with what's going on with the market? That question yeah. will open up the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Next skill would be once you open up the conversation, there's maybe two or three follow-up questions that mm -hmm. you need to, you know, develop, right? These are the basic follow-up questions, the same questions on every one of the script. Yeah. Next is really the close. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the customer's journey, if they're 90 days out and you close, hey, would you like me to come over and show you what I could do to sell your home and I can get you top dollar fast? Would you like me to come over tonight? Yeah. The close is not appropriate for where the customer's at. Yeah. So the close actually needs to be very aligned with, hey, you know, I'm going to be back in the, I'm going to be in the neighborhood maybe later on this week. Why don't we just get together? Let's talk a little bit about your property, what your guys' plans are, and let's just maybe talk about what we can do to help you increase the value of your home whenever it's appropriate. I'm going to be in the neighborhood anyways. Are you guys going to be around this after, you know, on Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon? So the close needs to be appropriate for this lead source. I had a guy who was like closing so hard. He was getting the lead, but he was closing so hard with so much urgency. Friday at four, Tuesday at four. You know, like, <laughs> rah, 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 I'm closing for the appointment. Would you like me to come over? No. Close appropriately. So I found that with each lead source, there was A, an intro that was important. There yep. was an opening question that was really important. There was basic questions we all need to learn. And there's a close that's critically uh, that's aligned with where the customer's at. And when you align the value of the service to the close, you get incredibly good results. So I, I'm just writing down your psychology, understanding their psychology mm -hmm. skills, calm and confident is, I was listening to uh, Chris Voss this morning, like oh, yeah. actually like prep, oh, yeah. preparing for a, a a little negotiation that I was involved in. So I was going back to mm -hmm. my interview with Chris Voss to like be reminded, put on your FM DJ voice and all that voice. good stuff. Calm and confident, I would argue, is applicable to almost anything except for different personality types, right? Like if you have uh, that like high eye, they may want a little more, not, not you know, Monday, Tuesday at four, but like they're gonna want sure. a little more pizzazz, a little more flair because, because that's what fits into their DNA. Yeah, 100%. So a hundred percent that I would say that's a little bit more advanced for now. We're just, we're brushing skills yeah. and, and I will tell you, is it maybe just like ask for the order? Like you don't need it. 
I'm trying well, to give them the right mindset for it. Cause well, it's like, but, let's, it, but again, yeah. let's go the framework. The skill has to be appropriate to the lead source. Yes. If you get the expired to this point, mm -hmm. you better close your yeah. butt off yeah. and you better get over there that night. Cause they're going to list with somebody. Yes. Yeah. With the, but that's understanding the, the buyer journey or the, or the client psychology 100%. where they're at. So it's really, you've got to learn yep. the right appropriate clothes for the lead source. Yep. If you have a Zillow client on the phone, you better close for showing that appointment right now. away. Yeah. If you have a pay-per-click lead on the phone, you should be talking to them probably about, you know, uh, Has getting anyone together. taken the time to yes, show you let's ABC? Let's talk about areas yeah. and price yeah. points yeah. and locations. And that close should be a little bit more like, hey, you have around, let's get together. Let's yeah. talk about these things because they're way early in the journey. Yeah. So it's very appropriate to be Based upon the lead source, your close has to be dedicated to that. Okay, and they got to learn it. That's the problem. Is I'm almost imagining like this framework with a top of funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Like this is like close. Yeah. This is like has anyone taken the time? Yeah. And this is how can I help? Exactly. <laughs> Do you have some questions? Let's talk about. You know what this. I mean? Top of funnel is like how can I help you? What's going on? Like okay. where has anybody taken? Okay, you guys are clearly starting to look for a house. Has anybody taken the time to show you this property or that community or this community and the difference between and non-negotiables and all that stuff? Right? You should all listen to that other podcast you and I did. Versus that, I think that'd be an interesting way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yes. One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay. Let's so skills is let's move past that and let's get to the numbers. Yeah. This is where I think, you know, for everybody gets confused and a lot of mistakes are made because they don't understand the numbers of the lead source. Yes. So simple things like how many calls would you have to make before you talk to an actual owner? Yeah. How many owners would you have to talk to before you got a lead versus got an opportunity for an appointment? Mm -hmm. How many of those appointments would you have to go on before you get a contract signed yep. and so on and so forth? And are you saying, and I know the answer, but are you saying to someone that is maybe newer to the business that each one of those has a different set of numbers? Completely different. Okay. So let's just use the simplest contrast right now, which is an expired phone call yep. versus a for sale by owner phone call. Mm -hmm. you you could literally call for an hour with an expired and you can have a single line dial or you can be calling like a madman, two phones, whatever you're doing. Yep. You might talk to about four to five actual owners mm -hmm. and call a hundred phone numbers. Yep. With the for sale by owner, I can call probably if you call the first day. Now again, right on the second day, it's gonna the call ratio is gonna drop yep. because they've gotten they a hundred phones. They've got inundated. But on yep. day one, morning one, I can make one phone call and most likely they're gonna pick up the phone. Yeah. And because they advertised A, their phone number, mm -hmm. and B, they're excited to pick up the phone. Yeah. So there's a very different very different experience. Yeah. Okay. Now when, let's move this forward. So if I get an expired appointment. I most likely, probably 80 to 75% of the time, I'm gonna probably convert that expired if you can get the appointment. Mm -hmm. Now with a FISBO, you're probably gonna close maybe 15% to 25% if you're good. Yep. So now that, if, but if you didn't understand that going in, it's a completely it's different an game. It's an expectation. Yes, yeah. okay. Then let's talk about you share, you taught me mm -hmm. TAM. Yeah. Total addressable, addressable market. market. Okay. So now let's look at, okay, with the total addressable market. I remember when I did some research on for sale by owners in San Diego, 
there were 684 sale by owners that posted on Zillow that year that I did the research out mm -hmm. of VA do it, go mm -hmm. back in through my CRM. Then I had him do the research, right? And I had, okay, go into, go into Zillow and look, did they list with an agent yep. and what percentage did? Yep. And then did they sell on their own? What percentage did? And then what happened with the rest? So I actually knew what the actual numbers were and so I knew what my total addressable market was. So understanding the numbers, now I can kind of go, okay, this is what it is, yeah. right? And now I can confidently move forward with that lead source. And so I think and a lot- not feel the rejection of one person said, no, no. who cares? Because you know what? Of the 680, 75 of them sold, 100 of them listed, and the balance are still for sale by owner, or they just flared out. Yeah, and let's just do, let's, let's- As an example. Let's, and you, yeah. and let's, let's talk about the, the underperforming mm -hmm. agent. Yeah. Underperforming agent. So one of my clients, he was like, hey, we got him going on realtor.com leads. Yeah. And he was kind of like, oh, I don't, these leads are terrible. I'm yeah, getting yeah. this, I'm getting that, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. They all want to buy a Winnebago on uh, you know, off wheels, like trailer said, park I leads. Said, and yeah, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the numbers. Well, no, no, no. Tell me the numbers. Yeah. Uh, how many did you get? Okay, well, let me look. I got this. How many of you closed? I closed one. How much money did you make? Great. How much money did you spend? Great. Now, how many do you have in your pipeline? This. So we're right here. How many did they promise you for the contract? This. So you're right on track for converting 5%, which is pretty good, you're going to get probably a 9x return on your investment. Yeah. You're right on track. But the expectation is every lead that they send me should be Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, golden lead. Everything should convert instead of realizing what I've told people forever. You get 100 leads, you sell three people a house, 97 people you get to nurture. And everything in this business is about nurture. Yeah. 100%. Right. Creating trust, building value with people in the research phase of buying right. and selling one year, two years, five years, 10 years. Who cares? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Hey, Chet Holmes, the ultimate sales machine. 3% of Legend. anyone is in the audience right now for any product and service. 6% yep. of any audience is yep. in the market within the next six months. Yep. So there's 9% that's available within the next, but that means 90 of the leads aren't, are not. Aren't. And, and it's funny going back through uh, Chris Voss this morning. Uh, one of the questions I asked him at the sort of Q and a portion yeah. of it, where I'm like, Hey, a bunch of people wanted me to ask you questions, Chris. And one of the questions was, how do we deal with like time wasters? And he said, here's the rule. 20% of people just want your information so they can go do it with somebody else. Exactly. He said, so the faster you can realize that, the faster you can ask the right question to not spend any time with them and move on. And, and now we're talking about like actual leads that they're actually engaged with. Because yeah. I would argue, you know, of the 100 leads from any source, you end up converting three or five. You had meaningful conversations with probably 15 to 20. Yeah. Makes and you resulted in closing three of them in whatever time period, yep. right? In the balance, they bought from somebody else. They decided not to do it. Something changed. They ghosted you and they listed with their friends. Like that stuff happens. Mm -hmm. So how, how does one get their head around this? Because even, even though your framework, we talked very tactically through four, four things, I now have to think about this for my sphere, for virtual open houses, for online leads that I'm buying. And if they just did that, Right. For the underperforming agent. It, by the way, we're not saying that like in any way, shape or form that you're doing bad. It's just that you realize your potential is so much greater and it's just an easy way to describe it. Like your potential is so much greater. Are you saying they've got to go through and articulate each one of those? As soon as they, as soon as possible. And they need to, and, and we, and they need to give the information to their coach 
don't explain your opinion about the lead yeah. source. Yeah. Get the numbers and show them to your coach yeah. and let us see it so that we can understand that yeah. and help you to interpret yeah. it. And I think that is one of the most valuable things that we do as in coaching. I agree. Give me the numbers. Mm -hmm. Wow, you're actually doing amazing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you did really good. Let's do this, this, and this, and let's scale that up next yeah. year. Yeah. This is gonna be super exciting. And so this is, this, this number thing. I just did thing. this with one of my clients who's up 68% year over year. And she's like, I just, but you know what? Like, I just seem like I never have enough money. I'm like, let me just make it very simple. How many of your hours of power did you complete this year? She's yeah. like, Oh, like maybe 70. I'm like, okay, so 70 out of 220 days, you didn't call your past clients. You didn't call your sphere. Exactly. You didn't really, you just listed enough houses and got in the way enough. And she had a monster year, but we figured out that she left about $1.3 million in, in gross commission income yeah. on the table. And now she's doing it every single day. And you know who you are because you're listening to this right now. She's got to text me every single day yes. for 90 straight days through the holidays. Yes. I'm like, through the holidays, I don't care. <laughs> right. And already she's getting it. So, so one thing for everybody listening, your psychology, understanding yours about the lead source. If you listen to what everybody else says about the lead source, you're going to be negatively impacted. Two agents get Zillow leads. One kills it. One person doesn't the psychology was the difference. Mm -hmm. The belief about the lead source is the difference. Some people say, these are unbelievable. Now, not everyone buys, but when they buy, they buy, this is awesome. And then the person's like, oh, these people are hard to get a hold of, and it, right? It's a story. Then it's understanding the buyer journey, and I think that is grossly, how do I say it best? It's just not discussed enough, No, right? It's not discussed enough. You and I have done a lot, mm. our coach has done a lot, talking research phase, top of funnel versus middle of the funnel versus bottom of the funnel. But we have a tendency, everyone has a tendency just to speak to bottom of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Close, buy now. And, yeah. and missing, missing the fact that 95% of the, the people you're gonna talk to are a research phase. Mm -hmm. And if you play your cards right, meaning you're good to people, and you follow up with people and you nurture people and you provide value, content, whatever it may be, you have an unlimited number of prospects in the future. Mm -hmm. Look at all of our clients with Boomtown mm -hmm. that are literally doing 40, 50 transactions a year right now off leads that they paid for six years ago. Yep. Like we're seeing that every day. Then it's about skills. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we could talk for days just about this one. Um, but again, I like the calm and confident meeting the client where they are based on the buyer journey. Some you need to be aggressive, but most you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Just understanding the, the, the prospect. And then the last one is the numbers, which is really having a realistic expectation mm -hmm. that I'm not going to call one and sell one. Right. I'm not going to knock on a door and get a listing. I might have to knock and I we use that just as an example, make phone calls, whatever it may be, email, email, send out a hundred emails, only 30% if you're lucky, even open it. And if you get a 1% click through from your 30%, you're a rock star in email. I just had a big conversation with one of my coaching clients about the email marketing just, yeah. just this week. Yeah. Right, Claire. Okay. Okay. So let's <laughs> your go. Clients Next. Get, your clients Claire, are getting some shout outs. She did here. awesome. That's what it was. It was amazing, actually. Mm -hmm. And so it was really exciting for that. Um, let's go. Let's go to the, the next one. one. So yep. understanding the numbers. No, there's uh, really, there's, there's kind of two more. Okay. Number one is next is schedule. Mm hmm. What is the schedule yeah. that would allow you to spend enough time in this lead source to get it all done? You've got preparation, you've got research, you've got skill development, you've got uh, hours of power time, you've got follow-up, you've got appointments. 
there's a lot more to mastery of each lead source than just kind of making your calls. Yep. And that's what happens is they go, oh, I got to go make my calls. They go in and they realize, oh, I didn't prepare my numbers and I yeah. didn't, I didn't yeah. actually get yeah, into yeah. the right mindset. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do a little bit of research. So they got they they underestimate the amount of time it takes to actually really do well. So I would say you got to kind of map out the ideal schedule for this lead yep. source. And so, you know, also with like a just list and just sold, like, well, when are the best two days a for you mm -hmm. and then for them? When could you get the highest uh, call and, to contact ratio? And at ratio? what time? Yeah, what time of the day? Yep. And first I would say start with you, yep. right? Meaning don't try and cram yourself, in, don't put it in your schedule in the worst possible spot that you're never gonna do, yep. just because that's what everybody tells you what to do. Yep. Find the spot that you'll actually do it. Because yep. no matter what, there yep. is no perfect time. Yep. There's just a different ratio of call to contact. That's yep. it. So anyways, the ideal schedule is critical and, and they really need to give enough time. Next, last piece to this puzzle. Actually, no, there's one more, okay? There's two more. Tools, software, service providers. How? <laughs> Tools, software, yep. service providers. Yep. Okay, the number one mistake that I've made, every agent's made, is we buy the tool with the software company. Yep. We don't do the training. We don't make, create a good relationship with the person that sold it to us. We don't create a good relationship with their uh, the, the lead trainer at the company. We don't find the top agent in Tom Ferry and go shadow them for a day with that tool. We, we literally buy these tools and we completely just like, oh, I didn't really like it. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's this relationship with the tool, the software, the company that you really need to establish and you need to become a part of the community yeah. and really dig in because they will be the ones that'll show you all the things you need to learn to be able to perform at a high level. Yep. And it's those that just buy and just kind of go, oh, I didn't really do the chain. I didn't really like it. I, they, it just didn't really work for me, Tom. Yeah. Like, no, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's different. It's exactly the same thing with gets to know all the players in your office, gets to know all the resources. Same thing. Hundred percent. You have to become one with the community, the software, the solution, the the community, the ecosystem, everything. Totally. Yep. Last thing is the. Are you sure this is the last, last thing? Last thing is the financial goal. Okay. How much money are you gonna make from this one lead source? Yeah. I almost think they should start with that one. I know, I know you always do, and that's yeah. why. I, but I just I, no, I, I honor. I, I like the framework. Now that we're yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. now that they understand the total addressable market, mm -hmm. they understand this game. Set the goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. So they should start with that because that is where it all begins. Yeah. Is I can make this much money from this lead source. Now it's time for me to go all in. Now yeah. I can do this for the next 12 months. And if you master it in the first year, what's going to be possible? Is it scalable in the second year? And what can you do long term? Yeah. And the sense and everybody wants, I want consistency. Tom, how do I be consistent? I get that question all the time. Master a lead source. Yeah. You'll have consistent income. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do I have long term financial success and security? Master one lead source and you'll have long term security. Yeah. See, that is where the game begins. Get, and so create a financial goal, create a little, you know, in the Tom Ferry business plan for your one lead source, yep. put the number yep. up there, put yep. your plan up there yep. and then write the number at the top with a big marker yep. and stick it up, you know, in your this office. Source 80, this yes. source 80,000, this yep. source 40,000, this source 10,000, this source 2 million. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. where, to me, this is where agents really need to kind of up their game. Yeah. Right? You know, what's great about this is, is everything you said. First of all, I, I, I'm reflecting back on uh, 
you said to me, and I, I don't know if it was on a podcast, but you're talking about you're like epic failures with open houses until oh, you realized. Yeah. Totally. And I think I think some of the framework, like all the great lessons, come from yeah. epic failure. And 100%. he was like, my psychology was off at open houses. Then I wasn't connecting with their psychology at open houses, and I'm like, you're onto something. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So now you got this framework. So we got to be mindful of time because you and I could talk for days and we have other things we got to do today. And, and my hope for my friends that are listening, you got a lot of value out of this conversation. Shout out to Patrick for the other podcast we did on buyer consultation. You should listen to it. And I don't know if we ever published the Yvonne Arnold virtual live buyer consultation, but we should. It was from Pivot. It was early in, in the pandemic. Um, let's close out with this. You're sitting down with a brand new agent and they're like, look, all this stuff's a little too high level. Just tell me what to do. You're, you got, you got three. I got three. What are the three most important things? Got to keep it simple and direct. Like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They're at the bottom. X, Y theory of management. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm in the military. Tell me what I have to do. I don't want to die. So what do they have to do? What are three things? And then I'll do three things and we'll wrap it up. Number one is. They need, they need to go through their phone and their social media and they yeah. need to actually identify, do they own a home? Do yeah. I feel comfortable having a conversation with them about what their next step in their life is yeah. and see if there's an opportunity there. Then you need to go through the phone and see, or in your social media and go, are they renting? Yeah. And should I have a conversation with them about buying a house and booking a virtual coffee and or you know inviting them to a beer or inviting them over for dinner and have a conversation with them. They just they have to do that yeah. as number one. Yep. And and now for those of you that have you know moved into a new marketplace, if you don't have, you know if you don't have the lead generation system in play, go interview ten of the top teams yep. and find the best leader that you really respect. And then they have a lead generation system that's super clear that you can go all in on and yep. create a ton of income in the next 12 months and let them fund your ride, yep. right? Which yep. is critical. 100%. Okay. And then of course, number three, as you probably stated is learn the market, learn the market. You I, took all three of mine. You're, okay, you're, you're making you're, this very challenging. Your okay. This Week in Housing show has uh-huh. been unbelievable yep. and that's going to be incredible, yep. right? Then kind of learning the the, the the number, you know, learning the product. If, yeah. if you were to get a job today as a pharmaceutical sales rep or you were to get a job in the medical industry and they're going to pay you $125,000 base, you would spend 30 days learning everything about the product, all of the competition. Then you'd have to go learn all of the different hospitals, all of the players, all of the doctors, what they are, all the roles. You'd have to learn so much. It's like being a professional football player. They say, here's the playbook, study and memorize it. And you might just be able to go play with us. It's the same thing. Yes. But not in real estate. In real estate, it's like, hey, here's some scripts and go go make some phone calls. People and so that's why there's a lot of lack of confidence with good people. Yeah. Good people are failing because they're not they're not going and learning the product better than anyone else. And so those would be the my three. Okay. So 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 number three for me, I would just I would I would say to you as you're listening to this, don't be that agent who just scans the daily hot sheets. Be the agent that studies it inside and out twice backwards. And I mean like literally, that means you open it up, you look inside the MLS and you're like, okay, here's the new listings. Okay, these were all in this area. Here's all the sales. These were all over here. Now, why is it these are coming out over here, but they're not coming out over here? Like, and asking like, what do you, and like grabbing like a top agent in your office and going, what do you see here? 
what 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 are the correlations that you're seeing? Why why are condos sitting like I I have my hallucination, but you've been in the industry for 15 years. Why are they sitting? Why are SFRs like single family residents just blowing up and getting like bonkers offers? Like help me understand. Then going back in time in the MLS, trying to have some statistical data points so you can speak intelligently about the market. I cannot underestimate it. Most people just scan the MLS. Let me just translate that into very simple. I, 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 there in, in Carlsbad, California, Southern California, people want to buy condos there. Mm-hmm. Now that I've been in all the condo complexes, I've studied all the comps because I've looked for quite a few buyers. Yeah. I know exactly what you're going to get for 500,000. Yeah. So if you, if I get an internet lead and they're like, I'm looking at condos for 500,000, I can be like, here's what you're going to get. Here's what you're not going to get. Yeah. And here's the type of condition you're going to experience at 500. Yeah. Here's what you get at 450. Here's what you get at 550. Yeah. So I could speak right away confident to yeah. the condo buyer yes. in Carlsbad and they have to get that. Yes. So, so as you said, it's not scan it. It's no. actually understand it from yep. the consumer's perspective. Yep. 100%. So I would only add one thing on top, and it's actually uh, in honor of one of my clients who I've worked with now for 18 years, Andy C., who, by the oh, way, yeah. uh, you know, 18 years ago when he was a brand new agent, he and I sat down and I'm like, look, buddy, you know, you want to be successful in real estate. I'm going to give it to you super straight. Three, two, one. And he talks about it all the time yeah, now. Yeah, it's hysterical because yeah. like we've known each other for so long. And, and just for context, in, in the year 2020, he and a small team did 300 transactions and generated $12 million in gross commission income. So from humble beginnings, he said, if I didn't do what you told me 18 years ago, there's no way I would be the player that I am today. I had to go through the, the battle tested mature me quickly approach that I gave him, which was three, two, one, three hours a day of any form of marketing, any form of prospecting, individual videos, you know, sending out emails, sending out letters, making phone calls. He says anything, just three hours every day of trying to shake the tree. So somewhere in Apple falls and you've got an opportunity like that's it. Two is get two appointments every day. Two lousy appointments is better than no appointments. Two appointments that say no to you, reject you, and hate you is better than like just sitting at your house doing nothing. But that's not always going to happen. You're going to get research phase buyers like, oh, your FICA score is 12. Let me see if I can help you. Let's, let's figure out how to navigate that. He goes, if every day you put your intention on the one thing that moves the needle in this business, that is getting appointments, getting knee to knee, belly to belly, face to face, Zoom to Zoom, whatever it is, with someone that might be remotely interested in buying, selling, renting, investing, like that is the goal. And then he said, number one was just trying to sign contract. He goes, you know how often I got a signed contract in my first year? I don't know, like 11 times. You know what I mean? But, but every day the goal was three, two, one, right? And what it really was, was I'm going to mature this kid very quickly because anybody that spends three hours, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying cold call because I get some people that are like, oh, you know, your dad, not my dad, right? Oh, you know, the last name, very cold call, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, shut up. You could go do three hours of DMs on Instagram mm-hmm. and just go, thinking about you, Brandon, we haven't talked in a while, what's shaking? I'm helping some people buy and sell real estate, just had this interesting situation, helped a client do this, blah, 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 how you doing, what's going on? You could do that for three hours and you're nurturing your database and you're creating trust and you're building relationships and you're going deeper. Like you could do that for three hours a day. So don't, don't think cold call, think your sphere first, all those people on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn that you are friends with, that you're not friends with, actually building a relationship and seeing what's going on, you do that, you're going to kill it. So that's that's all I got. Love it.
Yeah. All right. So as we wrap this up, I have no, how long have we been going? About an hour and a half. Yeah. All right. I, <laughs> I don't in this one. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll see. I don't know. So, uh, so Hey, episode 100 in the bag. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Brenda, thank you so much. Tristan, thank you so much. Tristan, by the way, uh, bought a house is now refined. How many times? Three times, three times. His wife, big shout out to Steph. Steph works for Lone Depot. And I'm like, dude, rates just dropped again. He's like, I know I'm refined. That's amazing. Right? He's going to be, he's going to become the official refi king. Yeah. Right? So, so listen, for all my friends out there, uh, the whole intent behind this, and I know we bounce all over the place, is we want you to win. We want you to be successful. And you know what? What's beautiful about real estate and entrepreneurialism is it accepts everyone. Like everybody's got a shot. And there are fundamental things that are just going to cause you to succeed faster, be more consistent, make more money than everybody else because the failure rate is real and it's enormous, not just in entrepreneurship, but in real estate as well. Real estate, mortgage, insurance, you name it, becoming a whatever, whatever you decide to do. So, so you got a lot of insight here. I recommend you go back through, you listen to it at one and a half times the speed. Yes. You take lots of notes, Pat dropped a lot of nuggets and then you go to work. So, I'm wrapping it up. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.